Hello, and welcome to this episode of season 10. In this episode, I speak with Anthony Laney of Laney LA, a Los Angeles-based architectural practice. Anthony has some fantastic insight to share on what it can and should look like to work with an architect, a process that is full of care, delight, and delivering beyond expectations. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together, we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. So welcome to this episode. As I said in the intro, my guest today is Anthony Laney. Anthony Laney is an architect and designer, a husband and a dad, and one of the owners of Laney LA. Together with his wife, Krista, Anthony founded Laney LA in 2014. They're located in Los Angeles, and their team focuses on fast-paced, high-impact design solutions for home and business owners. Together, their ambition is to deliver world-class architectural services at a pace that will jumpstart your project and a rate that will make you smile. Harnessing a new generation of digital tools, they strive to broaden the joy of design. Anthony began his career with the renowned design build firm, Marmel Radzenier, working for clients as distinguished as Tom Ford and Tadea Ando. He graduated at the top of his class from the USC School of Architecture. He won 17 class commendations and he received numerous recognitions, including the AIA Medal and Studio Design Awards. So he's, he is a big star. Anthony has worked with a wide range of clients, including restaurant owners, high-rise developers, city planners, cultural foundations, and educational institutions. Even so, his favorite projects still involve designing customs homes for adventurous couples. Anthony is a multidisciplinary designer whose work encompasses architecture, interior design, landscape design, graphic design, branding, and social leadership. I really encourage you to follow Lani LA on Instagram, and I'm going to pop a link in the show notes to find it to find the Instagram account to find them it's actually it's a true joy to follow this practice it's initially how I discovered them you know the practice of architecture the whole profession it can have a stuffiness to it at times a real eliteness it's been around for a very long time and so there are some established expectations about how success is created it's kind of this unspoken thing in the industry about how you earn your stripes. You know, what traditionally happens with new architectural practices is they slog it out on projects, waiting for the client willing to do the magazine worthy home. And then they promote that home as much as they possibly can, trying to elicit more clients like that to slowly build a project portfolio that establishes the reputation that they desire to have. And this can take a long time and be a really, really hard slog. Not Laney LA. I actually found an ad for new staff that was published in 2017 and it said, we are building a studio, not a portfolio. We believe in the advantage of the rookie. And I thought that pretty much sums up Laney LA. They're very clear that they're not for everyone. Uh, But what that means is that then those that they are for find a superb and cohesive fit for their projects. 
and they are prolific. You know, in 2018 alone, they broke ground on 10 new homes, plus some commercial renovation and landscape projects. They designed 14 new homes, plus some other projects, and they completed six. They're only four years into their business. They have a team of 14 now, I believe. I think they're up to 14. And Anthony told me they're hiring. So if you're interested in applying, make sure you get in touch. The pace of their office just seems so full of energy, fun, and passion. And they have packed a lot in and they don't seem to be slowing down. They've got a really unique way of sharing their business and their projects. It shows a strong and powerful company culture, a true commitment to communicating their values and their mission, and the fun and the enjoyment in their team, their clients, and the homes they're creating. And even though you're following along, it's shared in a way that makes you feel part of it. When you find people who are so passionate about what they do and they're a force to be reckoned with and how they're seeking to improve how they practice whilst delivering top level services and stunning homes, well, you just want to help them spread the word. Anthony is a powerful communicator, an innovative entrepreneur, and together with the team at Laney LA, he is, they are all driving change in this industry and creating beautiful family homes and happy clients whilst they do it. And they're causing a bit of disruption whilst they do smiling and looking like it's a heck of a lot of fun. So without any more delay, let me share Anthony's Industry Insider Insights with you. Well, Anthony, it is such a pleasure and joy to have you here. We've been, uh, I've watched you from afar on Instagram for ages now and uh, and I've um, we've also connected over there and it's always lovely to finally actually speak to somebody, um, even over Skype, who I, I've had such a deep admiration for the way that you run your practice um, and the type of team culture that you've created and the type of work that you do. And, uh, and so it's fantastic to be able to actually connect with you and speak to you more about what Laney LA does. Can you um, just start perhaps by telling me when I was researching and reading about, you know, sort of your journey, I, uh, I read that you and Krista, who is your now wife, but you met in college and you actually started working together in your home garage. And it's not that long ago that that was happening and you seem to have accelerated into this beautiful practice, creating these stunning homes. How did you start out? Did you have an intention and a vision about where you would be sort of now or were you intentional about how you were choosing clients? What was that journey of sort of commencing your practice and really? thinking about all of that yeah that's a great question and it's so good to be here by the way Uh, when we first launched four years ago we did not have the clear vision that we had today I would say we had a ambitious but vague vision and over the past four and a half years we've had the opportunity to really crystallize that and so that's been a fun process but to answer your question when we launched we just knew that we wanted to um I would say broaden the joy of design. We loved doing design-oriented projects. We loved working with clients. We didn't quite know what that would look like, and so uh, the easiest place for us to begin was locally, uh, working on projects with husband and wife clients where we could do small additions and renovations. We certainly had backgrounds uh, that gave us experience in projects that were far greater and more complex, Uh, but we also, I would say, had the uh, just the awareness that that's that you start by doing small projects and just delighting one client at a time. Um, that was mixed with uh, a bunch of volunteer type work um, with some projects overseas. And so while that is still going, that's not what fuels uh, the company. And so just again, yeah, to answer your question, our clear intention was that we wanted to create uh, a very special practice, one that made a dent on the industry, but we didn't quite have a robust business plan at the time. That has been clarified as we've been able to uh, just continue to work together. 
It's um, it's probably a relief for a lot of young practices to hear that, that it wasn't because it does look a lot more. Um, uh, you, you guys just seem to have it so together in terms of defining the personality of your business, the type of work that you do. And so it's fantastic to hear that that happened. That wasn't there from day one, but it's obviously something that you've very proactively created and, and investigated and really uh, shaped for yourselves. I think if anybody follows you on social media, particularly your Instagram account, you share the personality of your business and your brand in in an incredible way. It, it invites people in. It really shares the process, the relationship with the client, the creation of the work, the type of team culture that you have. How, you know, how did that sort of start to come about was that an intentional thing about we've got to find our people you know we've got to find the clients we want to work with or has again that happened a bit more organically it came that part came very intentionally uh i would say it came from two two places the first was i was finding myself on instagram as a consumer and being so appreciative of the firms that would inspire me and so i just decided to put myself kind of in the other shoes and say, okay, what would I be inspired by? What am I not seeing? And so um, while I think impressive, completed architectural masterpieces are always something to be appreciated and applauded, um, I was finding myself as a young practitioner very eager to see a little bit more behind the curtain, to see like what was the process like and uh, what were the highs and the lows and what did the deliverable look like before it was presented and what did team culture look like. So all those things I was personally curious in. The, the other thing, it just came from an awareness of wanting to go as deep as possible into the, I would say, demographic, geographic, and psychographic qualities of my clients and my staff. And if, if I can understand those two entities better than anyone else, I think that gives me an advantage. And so that means that when we produce social media content, it has to be we, for ourselves, uh, we want it to be captivating at first glance. So it has to be graphically beautiful, but it also then maybe even more importantly has to reward someone from lingering and staring at it longer. And it has to start to have a, a longer, deeper story to it. And, and so we just, I think that my staff are very curious people. We work very hard to surround ourselves with folks who are aligned with our core values. Uh, and, and maybe this is a shameless plug. We are hiring now. So we're, it takes a long time for us to onboard someone, uh, but we are looking for great people. And then as it relates to attracting clients, you know, uh, I would say Instagram isn't our number one referral source. That is still uh, relationships. Um, but it does give someone a very easy and predictable way to look us up and at least see that we do what we do with passion and at least see that uh, there are real people behind these projects. And so it's, it's fun. It's something that I personally enjoy. I, everything's done right here on the <laughs> iPhone and, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a job that I, I enjoy. I enjoy the diversity of being able to tell that story. Yeah, well, I, I really, I'll pop a link in the show notes because I really encourage anyone, uh, both industry and non-industry, to have a look at what Laney LA are doing in how they share the personality of their business on social media because it is, it's it's uh, highly, um, it's not polished enough that it's intimidating or doesn't feel like you're actually getting an insight into how you guys work. It doesn't feel like it's rehearsed and so, you know, there's this great big barrier between what you're actually doing and what you're showing to the world. You feel like you're part of the experience. I actually find I'm looking 
looking for the same projects. I'm looking for the projects to see how they develop across the timeline. And I'm looking to see when, you know, I've seen something in a model turn up and start, you start sharing the construction drawings of it and then, and then the construction photos of it. So, and moving through to completion. So it is, you, you, it's a beautiful way to, for a practice to build a relationship with its audience and its community and its potential clients. And I think too, in terms of what you're doing in positioning yourself in the industry and changing the industry is to be highly commended because it's giving people access to knowledge and information and uh, high level expertise that has always been hidden and only presented in the finished buildings. And uh, I think that, um, yeah, it's something that you should be really highly commended for because it's just brilliant the way that you're doing it. So I just love it. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could suggest how homeowners go about finding a fit. I can imagine that, you know, clients are really choosing Laney LA as much as Laney LA are potentially choosing their clients. There's a lot of vetting and sifting and filtering that goes through that, you know, creating that no like trust factor through how you present yourself on your social media and your other platforms. For other homeowners who are sort of looking to find out how they find the personality of the designer they want to work with, what do you suggest people look for in terms of getting that right fit with their potential designer? Absolutely. What a great question. So um, I think I'd first want to agree with the question that it's important and that we're doing uh, our potential clients a good service if we can quickly identify where we might not be the best fit for them and they might not be the best fit for us. And here in Southern California, the industry is still booming. And so I think it makes it a little bit easier for people to be, I think, uh, appropriately uh, discerning when it comes to aligning themselves with different professionals or clients. Uh, my favorite question is just if I were a client, if I were hiring an architect would be something along the lines of describe to me your process, right? How do you ensure that I as a client will be delighted at the end of the day? And so that, that I think is going to be answered different for all architects and designers. Uh, some, some take an approach where they say, you know what, uh, we're going to walk you through our other homes or open up a drawer full of floor plans and you really get to choose something that is proven and vetted. Others would say custom means custom, right? We start with wish lists and mood boards and inspiration images, and we will invent something for you that you've never seen before. Um, I acknowledge that there is a risk to a client signing up with an architect before they could truly see the finish line. So my answer to that is if you can at least understand the process that different architects take, that would be an advantage. And in our firm, this is just the way we do it. We do give our clients, um, a guarantee. We give them a very easy way out. So we say that if you're not absolutely delighted after the big schematic design reveal, you get to keep it all, right? That's, that's, if you're not so excited about spending many more months working with us, then honestly, let's save ourselves the heartache and, and part ways. In some ways, that's a way for us to avoid the crazy people. And it's a way for them to know that we sincerely mean it. If, if their delight is our number one priority, not that we aren't attempting to build something we're celebrating from a, a design perspective alone, uh, but, but that gives them at least the peace of mind that they can test us. We can certainly attempt to prove ourselves. And at the end of the day, if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. Yeah. What an awesome way to, to actually, for a homeowner to, 
elicit an incredibly uh, useful conversation with a designer by framing that question to them because immediately you get to see, okay, how, how experienced is this architect in guiding a client through a process? How knowledgeable is this, um, this designer in knowing what my hopes and my fears might be and how they might need to take care of me and guide me through this? Like that's, that's fantastic. Thank you very much for that. That was a great, a great, um, a great guidance for a homeowner. So you've talked a, a little bit, touched on your process a little bit there in terms of that guarantee that you give clients. How do you explain uh, the process to your to your potential clients when they're coming in? Because I can imagine it is a very lengthy process. There's obviously a lot of drawings that are produced. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about the technology that you use in a little while, but just in terms of explaining, okay, this is what it's going to look like. This is how long it's going to take. This is how much we're going to be in each other's pockets. This is, you know, what we're going to be producing. And this is why your fee is what your fee is. How do you go through? Do you, are you telling them the schedule of drawings that they'll get? Are you telling them how long things will take? How do you actually explain that process to a potential client? Yeah, great question. And I'm hoping I can actually share with you a link because when clients interview us, we take them through what we call our proven process or our delighted client map. And this is effectively a six phase map. It's this spiraling diagram. And if I wish I could have shared it with you earlier, but hopefully we can link it. And it takes the clients through six major phases discovery, design, engineering, pre-construction, guided permitting, and verified construction. Below each of those six phases, it just lists what our involvement is and what we accomplish together, who the teammates are, and when that phase turns on and off, and how long it takes for it to get completed. Uh, five of those phases are included within our fixed fee agreement, and the final phase, the construction phase, is explained to be an hourly phase. And so it's it's this map, does it explain everything? It does not. Uh, would any architect kind of yawn when they see it? They probably will, because it's that ordinary. Uh, but I find that most clients are first-time clients, or if they've done it before, they've never had someone take great care to lead them through the process in an educational way. And so the short answer is we use what we call the delighted client map, just to outline the high level of our uh, of our phases, and then I of course show them many examples of the drawings that we produce along the way. So one of my favorite examples would be a client comes to us and says, you know, we want we want a beautiful courtyard with a tree in the middle of it, right in the middle of the home, and I show them a two dimensional floor plan, and uh, I say, how do you like it? Right. And they're looking at this like black and white drawing and they think like, where's the courtyard? Right. But then I show them a photorealistic rendering and they can immediately start to critique it and appreciate it, and comment on it. And so uh, it, this diagram is not the only thing we use in our sales process, but it certainly helps to give a framework for all of the deliverables that we do produce. Yeah, that's fantastic. And we will pop a link to that in the show notes because I think that will be really great for people to see. I, you know, I see a lot of what you're doing is really the gold standard for what people should expect from working with architects and designers. And I really encourage architects and designers to check out Laney LA globally. Like, honestly, this is just what Anthony and his team are doing in terms of how how they see their role to meet the client where their needs are at and this delight, like just the way you talk about this process should be delightful. It should be something that at the end of it, everybody feels. And I imagine that that's as much for you and your team as it is for the client and the contractors involved. Everybody should literally stand at the this finished home and go, wow, that was awesome. And, uh, you know, I think that, that that's ultimately my goal with Undercover Architect because I feel that creating our homes is is an incredibly important and often unique opportunity that we get in our lives. 
and it's something that everybody involved should get to enjoy. And uh, so, yeah, I love, I, I, I just love being able to share uh, you with the audience because I think that if everybody can be aiming to and endeavouring to uh, work in such a honest and uh, integrity-filled way in alignment with their core values in, in working and helping clients. I just think the industry would be elevated overall. So, yeah. Thanks. I, I just wanted to uh, highlight one thing you said. I think you mentioned delightful for the team, and I, and I think that's so important. We we like to say that we want it to be delightful, whether you're a client or a collaborator, a staff member, or just a stranger walking through the home. That That if we, you know, the home run would be that the people close to the project and the people far from the project can still sense that same spark. Um, anyway, so I, I think that you, you said it well. Yeah, well, this is the thing, aren't we? We're creating these buildings that are here for a very long time. And I often say that, that you know, the homes that we grow up in, they become these containers for and, mem- and stages for memories that we have you know, sometimes for generations we pass these memories on, and uh, and so yes, I, I, I think we we walk through the world underestimating this the impact that buildings and our and our built environment has on us. And I love that there are architects like you creating with the intention of bringing joy to anybody who comes into contact with that. The team that worked on it, the homeowner that paid for it, the the stranger that's walking past it, the neighbour that has it to look on every day, the contractor that helped contribute to it. You know, all of those things. I just think it's yeah. I just, uh, I just love it. I can't, honestly, I can't. <laughs> just, um, now, uh, I'd love to talk about technology because I know that technology is a really big part of how Laney LA practices. And, you know, it, it extends from uh, the computer modeling that you do, the, uh, the renders that you do for clients, the 3D printing of models that you do, um, the, the, the incredible level of coordination that goes into your documentation. Uh, even right through to how you present on social media, you know, the construction photo with the overlay of um, the 3D information about, you know, this is what this space is going to look like once it's finished. How, you know, how did you sort of get on this process of technology? And I'm also really curious how the design process physically starts for you. Does it start with technology or does it still start, you know, paper, pen, all of those types of things? Can you just talk me through how all of that stuff of how technology has become such a big part of um, Laney LA? Yeah, great, great question. So um, when when people ask us, oh, how are you different? Um, it's, it's not the whole answer, but it is part of the answer. I'll immediately say we are high tech and we're high touch. And so that, that, so half of it is high tech. That means we want to leverage every ounce of an advantage that we can from world-class technology. And so your audience is probably aware that building information modeling, BIM, is a powerful tool in our industry to not only coordinate and simulate what a building will look like or feel like, but what the mechanics and bones and structure of that project, how that can be basically coordinated very well. Most of our referral sources actually numerically come from builders because I think builders appreciate designers who can coordinate well. So uh, how did we come about it? I just, our staff does lean on the younger side. I have a personal interest in technology. And so it's, I do think it's just part of our DNA. It's, it's, so we've, you know, we've codified it as high tech, high touch. So we, we do try to believe in it and put our money where our mouth is there uh, and really pass that advantage to our clients. Um, 
And then your second part of a question had to do with design and where does design start? Um, I, I taught drawing for many years. I love freehand open air sketching. Um, and I, and so the design process does start, I think, um, almost for me with eyes closed and, and the hands not even holding a pencil. It's, it's really thinking and listening well is the, is the true beginning. And I, I do want to admit, although not all clients and not all architects are comfortable with this, that we are not a one-man band, top-down design approach. We are very much an orchestra approach. And so our project managers are authors and designers in themselves. That means that I'm not the bottleneck nor the lonely genius in designing everything. I do take great care to coach my designers to provide a level of quality control for the kind of the, the caliber of the deliverable that we produce. Uh, but my goal is to build an engine of designers rather than being the, the source of design. And, and I totally respect that other teams take different approaches. Uh, but the beginning of design, I think, is usually, if I'm answering as honestly as I can, is a conversation between a client, myself as the principal, and the project manager on our team. And that dialogue starts to spin ideas about what is possible and what we're all imagining. And then we move very quickly into a hybrid approach between hand drawing and, and crude 3D modeling that can somehow capture these ideas. Yeah, it's just, it's really amazing. Do you do those early, do you do those early models in SketchUp or do you hit ArchiCAD straight away with those early models? It's a great question. So I love SketchUp. We love Rhino 3D Max. There's not a software we don't love and use, but 99% of what we do is in ArchiCAD. And so unless we have a collaborator who's bringing a certain file to us, we'll open up uh, our template in ArchiCAD and just get to work. Yeah, I I um I think that it's really fantastic when homeowners can find somebody who does work in a three dimensional CAD tool, in a way that they understand that it actually enables them to build the home inside the CAD tool before they're building it on site, and that you can work with such a level of accuracy about how uh, details might work, how connections might work, how weatherproofing might need to work. So it's also it's it's fantastic for a potential client to be able to see and obviously visualize their home in three D, walking around inside or seeing the view from outside but as a designer I think it's incredibly powerful for what it enables you to do in testing and uh, ensuring yourself and having a confidence about the detailing that you're creating particularly in bespoke homes that it's going to work and then being able to illustrate that to a builder or contractor of this is what we're envisaging is this you know the buildability of this and and uh, yeah I think that it's a really powerful tool that possibly a lot of people get a little bit nervous about the learning exercise of it um, but yeah I think once you can embrace it it's definitely becomes and becomes part of a really important uh I suppose methodology in your practice and your practice delivery so yeah and yeah, well I, said I think too if you again check out Laney LA you'll see the 3D models that they provide to obviously illustrate to their um their clients how the model is being created I heard you do an interview with Bob Borson on Life of an Architect podcast and you were saying that um, with those 3D models that clients sometimes want to take them and you say, well, no, this is actually an iterative process. This thing will change and this is developing. So I can imagine your workspace is filled with lots of these little 3D models every <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, shelves. Shelves. Yeah. <laughs> 
What um as a side note, what what made you invest in a three D? Was it purely the speed of a three D printer versus the the hand sort of made model process of balsa and card and things like that? It was again. I've I love making hand models, and we've built many of them that we're still proud of. Uh, but yes, there's really no other answer than the speed and efficiency to go from a digital model to a printed 3D model. It's uh, it's just unprecedented. And so uh, I love the idea that our little 3D printer is working at night when we're sleepy. And when you come back, it's done. That's that's It's just hard to beat. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, in terms of your process, how do you go about testing budget and and confirming those construction costs as your desi- designs develop that things are actually moving in alignment with each other? How do you help clients have certainty around the deliverability of their the budget in their projects? It starts with us being just radically tracking all of our historical data. And so um, we, although architects are adjacent to uh, data such as construction costs and vendor pricing and some subcontractor markups. It really does take some work for our office to extract that information from our construction general contracting partners so that we have that data to use for our future projects. And so uh, I'd say the first thing is just we have to handle that wealth of data well so that we can actually leverage it for the future projects. Uh, So that means that when a project of a similar size or scope or complexity or similar geographic area, we can pull from recent historical information to start to build, I would say, not a precise budget, but a budget spectrum about what it could be. So that's the first step. The second step is we have uh, strong relationships with builders who uh, want the opportunity to bid our jobs and they're willing at the early design phase to then take that spectrum of a budget and refine it a little bit more with their own separate data. So they're using a different approach and if we, if our approach and their approach overlay and there's a high degree of overlap rather than separation, then we all have the peace of mind that we're heading in the right direction. Of course, when we complete the design and it is competitively bid or negotiated with a builder, there's always adjustments to be made. And so we like to have our bids be intelligent to the point where not all things are equal, but we already have pre-assigned locations where we say, okay, if there's room, we want to turn this area up in terms of quality. And if we're at a budget price that we, we cannot handle, these are the five assigned areas that we know we can flexibly pull down on. So we just try not to get caught off guard. Uh, changes always happen. And as the economy lifts and lowers and construction demand lifts and lowers, there's always uh, a degree of variability to that. So we also attempt to set our clients' expectations in a realistic way. It's so appropriate to budget for a contingency uh, to help close the gap where appropriate um, and so I don't know if there's like, like so many things, there's not one answer, but it's really like multiple spokes that try to make the budget conversation one that's helpful and not uh, just a headache. Yeah. And I think that's that thing of um, 
how important it is that you're collating data from recent experience. I know I've got colleagues here who um, are prolific in their work like you guys are and so are able to access data from a range of projects um, that then gives them very, uh, I suppose, detailed understanding of their impact on square footage rates and uh, what that might mean. And also that conversation, they, they, they always meet with their contractor afterwards and say, look, did you make money on this? Where would you have changed things? Where would we have streamlined things so that that feedback loops happening as well and I think too as you you know as you create a practice where you're working with a select number of contractors as well and you're perhaps having those negotiated um, processes into construction um, then that 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 feedback loop of conversation just really ends up serving the client really well. So I think it's, um, it is as a homeowner, I think for them, for you to look for designers who, if they're giving you cost advice that you actually interrogate, where is that cost advice coming from? Because it, it, the construction costs just move at, at such a, <laughs> such a pace. And it, as a designer, it's very difficult to keep track of that. So I think that the process that you've illustrated is a really good way for a client to have confidence around it. And also, as you say, the contingency becomes very important as well. So that was great. So thank you for sharing that with us. Now, my last question to you was about the these fantastic inclusions that you, you I mean, most of your homes have larger budgets. And um, I think that one of the things I always find with, with architects that are working on higher um, I suppose higher budget homes is they didn't necessarily start there and they you know started on lower cost projects and these things have expanded as they've explored and been obviously been able to attract clients with higher budgets but there's these fantastic inclusions that are just are, are part of that surprise and delight process you recently did a pool that disappears you know and it's just this fantastic fantastic like something out of James Bond you know <laughs> so I was there today yeah <laughs> It's just awesome. So, and I, I, I suppose it takes an adventurous client. You know, there must be times where you, you think, oh, this is going to be an awesome idea. I wonder if they're going to, you know, be able to really, we're going to be able to convince them of this. <laughs> how, how do you suggest homeowners who might not have the budget of a disappearing pool um, actually go about creating opportunities for surprise and delight in their homes? Because it's such a big part of making a home feel great. How do you look for these opportunities and what are you sort of focusing on and how, how could that relate to a homeowner who's on a, on a, a slightly lower budget? I, so I love the question and I love the topic. And yes, when you have a higher budget, um, there are more options available. But the good news for both designers and homeowners is that creativity uh, is is not on a budget. It's it's not at the expense of anything really. And so, um, what comes to mind is multiple uses for the same space. Um, we just love to ask who's it for and what's it for. And sometimes we can depart from the typical real estate driven function of a space. Uh, sometimes it's the idea that a client wants two spaces. They want an office and a guest bedroom, but we are tasked with how do we create both of those wonderful functions and how can they coexist in a single space? Uh, Often it's something as simple as a sliding interior wall uh, or a pocketing door. Uh, sometimes it's secret, hidden, delightful storage areas. Uh, other times it's about using a more low-cost window system but um, burying the frame in the wall to make it look more slender and, and high-end. And so I just feel like when the architect and homeowner have a strong relationship, they can communicate less in a prescriptive way, like give me this thing, draw this 
thing and more about uh, making hopes and dreams come to life. Like how do we best capture the experience of sitting at your desk and being able to see what your kids are doing and being able to greet whoever's at the door. And it's often just kind of letting go of the preconception about what a traditional home is like. And if you just go through the motion of describing who's it for and what's it for, often there can be a simple solution that is inventive and, and surprising and delightful. Um, and it doesn't need to break the bank. At least in our experience, it's been, uh, I would say even the most rewarding when, uh, when the budget is a variable that we get to contend with as professionals. And, and honestly, even on the highest end projects, the projects that are north of $1,500 a square foot, even then we budget still a conversation. How do we accomplish this in a way that is sensible and, and not wasteful? Um, and so it's just a conversation I think clients and architects need to get, be comfortable having. Um, and make sure that the dollars go to the right right priorities. Yeah, and I think I encourage the UA community to think about their budget, whatever it is, that it's actually an investment in the type of lifestyle that they want to lead in their homes and to not see it as a shopping list of bundles of money to spend on something, but instead, where are you going? Where is that investment going to make the biggest difference? And, you know, what what is causing you true frustration every day that you know that an investment of budget will just completely transform your life? And often it's actually not... It's not it's not sheep stations. It's not really it's not a really big deal. It's the it's the frustration of a kitchen that doesn't work or having no storage in a home or they're it being dark inside all the time or not being able to see the back garden when the kids are playing. And it's really simple, functional stuff that when we think about our budget and how we spend it in those terms really liberates us from, well, I want the stone bench tops or I want the big window or I want the, you know, the three metre ceilings or the 10 foot ceilings or, you know, all those kinds of things that really can um, cloud our ability to be clear about what is going to make a difference to our lifestyle. So I think that um, I really appreciate your answer and I think that um, every homeowner should have that conversation with their designer about how will this home surprise and delight me every day um, so that when I walk in, I'm immediately anchored to everything that home means to me and I can immediately access that sense of relaxation and restoration and togetherness that I want for my family. You know, what what will this home do to deliver that to us? And it becomes an entirely different conversation then, oh, rather than, oh, I need four bedrooms, I need two living areas, I need a double car garage, you know. So I think that, yeah, I think if we can focus on that, um, it's a lovely way to go about creating homes. So Anthony, I can't, I honestly can't thank you enough for your time and your generosity, not only in what you do every day in Laney LA and how you share it with the world, but particularly in having this conversation with me um, for the podcast and for the UA community. And uh, yeah, it's just been such a joy to be able to speak with you and, and meet with you in this way. So thank you so much. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you for the, the privilege of inviting me to be on your show. Uh, I just love the fact that you are living out your belief that a rising tide does lift all boats. And so the fact that you are generous with your time and with your knowledge and that there are other creatives who can learn from this and then get better and then we can learn from them. I just want to be a part of that sort of community. So thank you very much. The pleasure is all mine. Oh, cheers, Anthony. 
Wasn't that just awesome? As you can see, Anthony is super clever and creative and together Lainey LA are doing some brilliant work in shaping how they practice, how they work with clients and how they create fantastic homes. I really encourage you to check them out. It's it's easy to look at practices that are creating high-end homes and think, oh, look, this isn't for me on my budget. But what you can see, what you can learn, what you can glean from how high-end homes are created can apply to a home on any budget. And I really think that there's lessons to be learned um, that when you look past, you know, perhaps all the inclusions or, you know, the, the features and things like that, that you think you might not be able to have in your home because of your budget and you start to really break down, okay, what's happening here? How are these people being taken care of as clients? You know, what's the process look like? How are things being coordinated? You know, how can I build a team like this around me? And how can I bring surprise and delight and joy and creativity to my home? Uh, you know, even on a tight and small budget, it's doable. It is so doable. And I hope that you can learn a lot from what Lainey LA is sharing and that you can learn a lot from what Anthony has shared in this interview. So head to the show notes uh, or on the blog on Undercover Architects website. I've got links to the delighted client map that Anthony mentioned. And I've got links there for you to check out Laney LA, especially their Instagram account, which I really recommend that you follow for regular inspiration. And This interview is actually an edited version of our full interview and the full interview is now featured inside my online course for American homeowners, the Welcome Home course as a special bonus for members. Now, if you're thinking about renovating or building your family home, you're already researching and planning, or you're even in the design stages, you're going to want to check out the online courses I have called How to Get It Right in Your Reno or New Home and the Welcome Home course. So How to Get It Right is tailored for Australian homeowners. And in the Welcome Home course, I team up with award-winning American architect, Eric Reinholdt, to create a specific course for American homeowners. Both courses, They take you through my step-by-step system from the very start to the very finish of your renovation or building project. And I'll explain a bit more about that in a minute. Look, as Undercover Architect has grown as an online business, I really love being able to reach and connect with homeowners from all corners of the globe. I've got almost 25 years industry experience in design, building and renovating in Australia. And what I've found is that this step-by-step system of mine for any renovation or new building project, the one that I've been using in client projects and in my own projects for all of that time, when I actually teach this system to you, you like... What I see time and time again is how it can help you as a homeowner save time, money and stress in your project. And so that's what these courses do. When you have the steps to follow, the map for your journey ahead, you can then move confidently towards that future home that you're dreaming of and not waste any time or money. When you know that that step-by-step system has been created over decades of experience in hundreds of hundreds of family homes like yours, you can save so much stress in your project and create a home that works and feels great. And when you have the steps, as well as the professional know-how, design knowledge, tools, resources, and guides, you can seriously shortcut your journey. You can enjoy your experience and you can avoid the heartache and drama so many endure. If you're keen to make your journey simpler, be confident in the home that you're creating 
is actually achievable and know the steps to get you there, these online courses are the way. In them, I've literally packaged up what is in my head and my heart from almost 25 years experience to show you the way to your future family home. Do you want to learn more about the courses? Well, if you're an Aussie, if you're an Australian homeowner, head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash get it right. And if you're an American homeowner, head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash welcome home and you'll be able to find out all the information about each of those courses there and I've got a special bonus for the gorgeous UA community podcast listeners this is the first time I've ever done this actually just use the code podcast all right the word podcast you have to type it in to the coupon code when you go through and buy you'll immediately access $50 off okay so you'll get a $50 saving when you use the coupon code podcast so those links again are Australians undercoverarchitect.com forward slash get it right and Americans undercoverarchitect.com forward slash welcome home. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.